listening to The Good Fight, Where Campus Meets Christ. Greetings, I'm Timothy Kinneman. And I am Grace Lita Gonzalez. And it's been a while, for us at least. It's been, we calculated three and a half weeks for us yeah. since our last recording. A long time. It feels like we haven't talked to the podcast listeners for that long. Yeah, it But does. it's weird to think that, you know, every week we've still had content rolling out, so it's like... You know, for them, it's just been every week. Them. For y'all. <laughs> for us, it's been like a month almost. It has been. I mean, it's literally been a month since we've really, I mean, we've sat, no, a month and a half since we've sat, no, oh my goodness, three and a half weeks since we've sat down. Mm-hmm. It's basically a month. Mm-hmm. We've also, I mean, the whole reason we've been separated for so long is because like you've been quarantined, well, Thanksgiving, and then you came back, and then you were quarantined, and then right. you had to restart your quarantine, yeah. and then... Apparently my family is not trusted. I don't think it was you. I don't think you were the reason why this happened. Oh, it was, it was, was Robert? Yeah. Oh, interesting. And then Ashley coming and visiting. Right. That restarted your quarantine. Well, kind of. I mean, until you got you got tested. Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to follow up on that. It's all over now, so like, no hard feelings, but... Hey, you guys didn't get us pizza this week, so I think that evens out. <laughs> it was a disgrace. Oh, really? Monday night is pizza night, and lo and behold, they had not bought us any pizza, even though they were doing groceries for all of us this week. For the record, it was not on the grocery list. What do you mean? It's weekly pizza. Monday night is pizza night. Yeah, well, it's pre- never on the list. We didn't. Yeah, it was complicated. Maybe we'll we'll talk. We'll about talk it about, about it off. Anyway. Another another thing, though. All that to say, it's even. Is that it is right now uh, Wednesday night at almost 9.30. So aye, aye. we are literally recording this almost just over two and a half hours <laughs> from when it will be uploaded and released. So this is the most real time we're going to get. Yeah. Also the result of the uh the whole quarantine fiasco whole fiasco. quarantine situation fiasco <laughs> anyway so what are we actually talking about today um the title the academy of course taken from the greatest academic institution in the history of man plato's academy um we're See, talking the me we're talking about what we are as students mm-hmm. um and this is an interesting question to me because I've actually been talking with Robert a little bit recently about kind of the purpose of a college education, you know, the purpose of um, the, the institution of a university. And then lo and behold, in my CC class uh, this Monday, no, it must have been last Thursday, actually. Thursday? Um, yeah. How do you have a Monday-Thursday no, class? No, no, no. <laughs> That's why I realized it had to have been last Thursday, because the only day it could have been this week would be Monday, because it wasn't yesterday, oh. but it's not a Monday-Wednesday class, so it, therefore it had I to have see, been I last see. Week. I was just very confused. So that was my thought process. Nice. Then. No, 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 that makes sense. So in my CC class, we actually kind of asked that same question. Uh, we were talking about um, changes in the university, because, um, you know, CC was kind of at the forefront of some of those changes in the the turn of the century when really colleges started to to transition from humanities classics based institutions to kind of professional uh, career training Mm -hmm. institutions 
which I have my own take on that. But um, naturally, as a classicist, you might understand which uh, which side I fall on. I wonder. I wonder which one that might be. But that I mean, that's essentially the same question that, that Robert and I were talking about. Is kind of the battle. Uh, it seems to me right now between um, kind of the view of academic institutions as a place for like just like broadening your thought process for learning how to think about life and how to you know think in general versus kind of this more professional training viewpoint where it's like a necessary step in beginning your career is you have to have authorization from a university that says yes Timothy has learned such and such information mm -hmm. and is qualified to either A, continue training, or B, enter such and such field. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I was thinking about when you were saying that is, I think that's really the case with all education. Mm. Um, in the terms that, like, I think this idea of broadening your horizons, although for, I think, most or a lot of people happens when you really get to college, mm -hmm. um, really should not be limited to that, right? Where, I mean you are equally as competent and capable in high school. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say like potentially even younger than that, maybe not to the same degree, just in terms of like, mm -hmm. obviously there are, there's a reason why you're not giving like Plato or like the Republic to a like seven year old. They're just learning how to read. Like it's mm -hmm. not for them yet. Um, but it's, it is kind of like the progression over time by which you're able to expand like your thought process mm -hmm. um because i mean i remember when i learned okay this is gonna sound cheesy but i remember when i learned like how fractions worked and this was i learned fractions what that would have been third grade i think or maybe it was second i don't know when do you learn fractions no it must i don't know i don't remember i don't know when you learn fractions. elementary school is just a, a vague mix. i remember learning fractions and thinking they were really cool like i'd never really thought about how fractions worked mm. and maybe i had maybe like i kind of understood where it's like ah oh, if you have six and you take away three you have three left but that was always in terms of subtraction whereas like you thought about the world in terms of like adding and subtracting right. and i hadn't really like couldn't didn't really know that much else and then i learned how fractions worked and i remember thinking it was so cool where i was like oh my goodness you have three and you take half away and, or now it would be six, probably I would have done whole numbers, but you have a six and you take half away and now you have three. It's like that, that was mind blowing. Mm -hmm. And I also remember when I first learned pre-algebra and when you have like an X inside parentheses and learning how parentheses worked. And I remember thinking that like parentheses in math were so cool. Like I could not believe. <laughs> I remember like my world just exploding when I realized that you could have an X in your math. Like you could have an X variable in math. And you could solve for it. And so, like, those very simple, like, three times, like, open parenthesis, x minus 1 equals 0. And then you'd have to solve for x. And it's like, ah, 3x minus 3 equals 0. And then you're like, ah, 3x equals 3. And so then you have x equals 1. And I remember my world, like, I still remember my, like, okay, long story short, I learned this because my sister is two years older and she learned pre-algebra obviously when I was in fourth grade because she was in sixth grade and I was a little jealous that my <laughs> sister was like learning these cool things and I wasn't and so I forced my mother because my mother is like a math person. Um, I forced her to like teach me 
the very basic pre-algebra. And mm. so she'd write out these problems in this little graph notebook that I like treasured. And she taught me so many times. It was like before, I don't know if it was before I went to bed or like, I just remember being in her bed and her like writing out little problems for me and like mm. teaching me how to solve them, which is why I like do long division the way that she learned it as a kid, uh, not the way mm. that you're like my generation would have learned to because I learned it like she just taught me. Anyway, my world, I remember where I was sitting on her bed learning that problem for the first time being like whoa hmm. my world is different now um and i think that's kind of a representation of how education should be throughout kind of like the entire process of education where your world is like meant to be exploding all the time hmm. i mean in like different ways but like there's that continual expansion i think that's hard I, you know thinking back on you know, my own, like, as you were giving that story, I was trying to, like, think in my own life, like, when have I ever felt that way about a subject, about a topic? And to be honest, I don't think I felt that way until starting college. Really? Like, growing up, it was always just like, oh, yeah, like, education is, like, good. And I'm like, I enjoy it. And that was as far as it stopped. Like, I was passionate about learning, but it wasn't like learning specific things made me excited. It was just like, oh, yeah, this is, like, pretty cool. Oh, that's like interesting. Enjoyable. And uh, when I took my first Latin class, and then I kind of saw how etymology worked. And I was like, oh, that's, like, really cool to, like, look at a word and in English and be able to say, like, I've never thought about what this word actually means, but then to be able to look at it from... Like no, <clears throat> sorry, no, like, where a word was coming from. Right, to look at the etymological root and say, oh, like, obviously this is why this word means such and such. And then now it's just, like, a pastime of mine to, like, think about words in that way. Um, maybe That wasn't really what I was thinking this episode would be about, but that's, like, I guess one way to look at it is really finding what you're passionate about in education. I think it's interesting that you come with, I mean, I think we really do have opposite perspectives because I would say since coming to college, I've definitely lost that. Like mm -hmm. I had, I think over time, my passion for learning has dwindled um, to the extent that like there, are, I mean, there are definitely still moments now where I'm learning something and I will like mm -hmm. talk to my mother and be like, oh my goodness, this is so cool that this works this way, but definitely not to the same extent that it did when I was a kid. Um, and I still, I mean, even probably high school, I got, I think, like, I remember for context, despite all of my examples being math, I really did not like math up until I took calculus. Like I hmm. hated algebra. It probably had to do with the fact that like had some vision problems as a kid. So I just like could not see my pluses and minuses and it was very confusing. Hmm. Um, but it left, left a bad taste in my mouth for algebra. And so I had a really hard time with algebra up until I started taking, or a really hard time with math, up until I started taking calculus. And I was very, like, I, I was, I loved calculus. Calculus changed my life. Um, <laughs> hence why, in case, I mean, there's no reason why you would know, but I am now an econ math major. Um, or maybe I'll just be a math major. Or maybe I'll just be an econ major, but probably econ math. And that is solely because of calculus and realizing that calculus was really cool in 11th grade. All of that to say, I think I've definitely lost that over time mm. because I know one of the things my mother used to always tell me, maybe my mother told me this, maybe I, 
I don't know, maybe I'm confusing things. My mother used to always say before my sister and I went into any of our final exams, she'd be like, go and have as much fun as you can. Yes. Which at the yes. time was hard. It still is hard, right? You're like stressed and it's right before an exam and your mother was like, go have fun, <laughs> sweetie, like enjoy it. Um, which I don't think I ever really appreciate in the moment, but I definitely appreciate before and after. Hmm. And part of that thought process, I remember when I was taking chemistry for the first time and thinking about how all of the things that I was learning about the way that the world was designed on such a small level mm -hmm. was really just me getting a glimpse into the mind of God. Yeah. Because it's like... Yeah, that's what I was going to, to bring all this to of at this, some point. All of this, everything, especially, maybe I'm going to be a little bit specific, but like especially things like, for me, science originally was mm -hmm. one of the first things that like struck me in this way. Um, and then later math, hence why I still really enjoy math to this day is because it really is a glimpse into the mind of God where it's mm -hmm. like, I'm learning this for the first time, but God knows this. And not only does he know this, but he created it to be this way. Right. And with something like math, like he, by his nature, like who he is has defined math to be the way that math is. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's really beautiful. Like that's a beautiful part of education that I don't think is ingrained enough in me. No, no. I, and I think it's it's completely absent from the institutions today. Well, most institutions, mm -hmm. I would say, particularly Columbia. It's it's kind of a, a dying idea yeah. that, um, and this is what I was going to talk about. That you know, for me, I think what makes education fun. What I'd never realized about it was that no matter what you're learning, that's really what you're doing. Is, yeah. You know, it all ties back into that wonderful spider web that, that God has created here. And, uh, you know, and the middle of it is just God himself. And uh, it's so cool to be able to, like, trace not only the, the individual lines all reading, leading to God, but then to see how they intersect and weave and just create a, a holistic mm -hmm. picture. That just makes sense, really. Um, but that's something that, that institutions aren't aren't teaching you today right there's no sense of overarching purpose to everything um it's almost like the study in itself is the only thing that's good about it or it's only good for its pragmatic utility mm -hmm. to contribute to society wait that's funny i was literally talking to my my econ professor of all people um who's i don't believe she's a christian i'm i'm pretty sure she isn't but um we were talking about how uh, she, we were talking basically just about classes and like class mm -hmm. recommendations. And somehow we got distracted and talking about math classes. And she was saying that she did a whole bunch of like um, modern algebra in math, which has absolutely nothing to do with, well, very little to do with econ, uh, but she just really enjoyed it. And so she took a lot of it and she was expressing sadness that a lot of students or a lot of econ students kind of stop taking math as soon as they can. Mm because they find absolutely no pleasure in it a lot of them are taking mm -hmm. as much math as is required by their major and that's it they drop it as soon after because they have they, like they don't enjoy math and her thing or what she was saying is she's like no a lot of them don't enjoy math because they went in with the expectation of like mm -hmm. i need to take this class so that i can get into the next econ class right. and so they used it purely as a means to an end mm -hmm. instead of no, this is cool material. Mm -hmm. I can try to learn this. And then finding that like they they could derive like pleasure in and of itself from 
like learning that material. And obviously that's devoid of God, that kind of perspective. Right. I mean, kind of, I think it, I think it can be enhanced by introducing God into the equation, which is not only a learning because it's like you can derive pleasure from learning things, but mm-hmm. also learning because it's a glimpse into like how God created the world and who he is. Yeah. And it is an expansion of your mind in a way that is like God created us to be logical, rational beings. Well, give or take, but like the rational beings in the um, blank sense, not the, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Like, like a rational like being. Like rational beings in the medieval Descartes sense <laughs> and not in the uh, modern 20th century I'm not saying sense. that people make rational decisions. I'm just saying that they are rational beings capable of like... Reason. Reason. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I mean. Um, and by like studying things, we get to expand our mind mm-hmm. in those ways, which is hard. Like it's hard to keep that in mind. I think that's a whole conversation on its own, but like keeping that in your mind as you're studying. Right. No, maybe, maybe we should try and try and reach that topic because I feel like, you know, we're sitting here and like, yes, this is the ideal is to be like constantly just broadening your mind, yeah. but it's, it's impossible to not to deny even, I mean, for myself, you know, I really enjoy school, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not always like every single moment. I'm like, oh yes, this is like the greatest thing I've ever done. Um, there are still those moments where I'm like, goodness me, I'm trudging through. I just want to be done. That's for, for example, example 101, this was me today. Me today, Jonathan can attest to this because he was there watching me look glum all day long. I woke up. I slept enough. There was like nothing particularly wrong about today, but I just woke up and I was feeling really like tired and glum. And Mm -hmm. so I today felt trudgy. I was in the mud all day long. I went to my first class. My first class was perfectly fine, but I was just did not not feeling it had a really hard time went to my second class i had to force myself to be on camera because otherwise i was just going to fall asleep Mm. like i was just out of it i was not i did not take good notes went to my third class once again forced myself to be on camera so that i would like stay focused and stay awake and i skirted by with my poll questions and i will have to review that later and then i went to my final class and at that point i don't think i really understood most of i drew pretty diagrams because we had pretty diagrams on our screen and i don't think i enjoyed any moment of it and i definitely was not like oh look at me learning more about god's mind and the way he created the universe in my comp sci class i was thinking oh my goodness i am about to fall asleep (laughs) but yeah i mean even for us and i i think we're both people who do enjoy academics even for us, we have these moments, oftentimes quite common. Um, and I think to a, a greater degree, there's a lot of people out there, probably most people, especially college students, who do not enjoy academics like yeah. at all. Um, and instead, it, it does feel like a chore all the time to them. So... I don't know, maybe this is just requires some introspection. Um, but like what makes us enjoy it? Well, I think for me, the first place is seeing it as kind of that understanding of God. I definitely think what helps is having school. 
it's like okay i think the most important part is that school brings you back to god not Mm -hmm. pushes you away from him and i think it's very easy to like walk that line back and forth Mm -hmm. i actually realized this afternoon i was like whoa i haven't talked to god in like in a while Mm -hmm. i haven't talked to him in longer than like actually no talk to is the wrong word i had talked like i had talked to god but i hadn't read his word in a while Mm. and i realized this afternoon evening after this evening after my last class at approximately like 7 15 i was calling with my sister to talk about how i was very unmotivated and i didn't want to do any of my work and my sister was like me three um ever since i've been like growing and learning how to like not put my value in school i've been growing but that also means that like now i don't care as much anymore Mm. And that's the unhealthy response. And that struck in me the realization that, hmm, have I, Grace Lita Gonzalez Fernald, talked, or not talked to you, but read God's word recently? The answer was no, I hadn't. And I read a little bit of Psalms afterwards. Probably not enough. Never enough, actually. But I, all of that to say, I do think there is the element where I definitely noticed that I struggle a whole lot more with recentering myself. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't to say that, like, if you're reading your Bible every day, all of a sudden your world is going to be changed (laughs) and it's going to be, like, glittery stars everywhere and all of a sudden every problem set you do is going to be the easiest thing in the world. And every essay you write is just going to, like, fly (laughs) out of your fingertips and you're going to love every moment of it. Like, Uh, no, no, no. Life is hard. But I think it is saying that when you're spending time with God, it's a reminder of who he is in your life Mm -hmm. and why you're doing things. Because, for example, I have one class right now that, like, I don't know what my grade is. I don't really know what the curve is. I don't know. I think I might get, like, B, B plus, A minus. It could literally be any of them. I don't know the curve. I don't understand it. Um, But the conclusion from that is that, like, I'm going to get very stressed if I'm just thinking about how I'm doing in the class. Yeah. And I'm going to get very – I'm not just, like, this is not saying that I am currently stressed (laughs) – be a better way of putting it i'm currently stressed i'm currently nervous about it because i'm putting my worth in how i'm doing Mm -hmm. in that class as a representation of my knowledge yeah and not putting any trust in god why because i'm not reminding myself of who he is in my life Mm. that was very long rambly and you should now talk (laughs) no i feel like that's a good a good distinction to draw is is what do you value in the education you know we've already kind of made the distinction between um seeing a a certain class as kind of a means to another class or um or seeing it as good in in and of itself but there's also the way to look at grades that way um, to look at your performance um and this is something we were talking about right before uh, (laughs) literally recording is, you know, I think regardless of what class you take, the right mindset should always be, um, how can I do my best in this mm-hmm. course? Which sounds like so cliche, right? We've probably heard this in t- our entire lives. It's like, it just just like do your best and it'll all be fine, right? But what we hear when we, what we actually pretend to hear when people say that is just do your best and you'll get an a yeah 
And it's really difficult to live with the reality that sometimes your best isn't an A, Mm -hmm. right? And that has no bearing on your value as a person. And I think, oh, no, wait, you're going to say something? Yeah, I was going to say it also has no bearing on what you come away from the class with. I think a follow-up to that is, I think one of the traps that I find myself in pretty frequently is this... So it comes from a place of pride, probably. I think a lot of sin, maybe, um, I'd probably say all sin actually comes from a place of pride. But Mm. in this particular one, we can get into that later. But in this particular one, um, I think a big issue for me is not, is believing that God is not powerful enough to use me if I get bad grades. Mm. (laughs) In the sense that it's like, oh, well, I have these aspirations for what I want to do in life. And I believe that I need to get like all A's or an A minuses, let's mm-hmm. say, because I'm well aware I'm never going to get A's. All A's and A minuses in order to like achieve that goal. And if I don't get A minuses and that like means that I'm not going to be as prepared later on to be able to get whatever mm-hmm. job it is that I want or get into whatever PhD program it is that I want. And so I need to do really well now so that I can like set myself up so that I'll be able to get into those programs later on. Mm-hmm. And what I'm ultimately saying is I do not trust or I do not like or I do not desire the plan which God has for me. Mm-hmm. I have an idea for what that plan will be or what plan I'd like. And I think that in order to achieve like the best outcome for myself, I need to get all these right now. Mm. And that's a blatant lie in so many ways. First of all, even if like my let's say my idea of what I'm going to be doing in the future is in fact what God has for me. Let's say God is planning for me to become like, go to get into a PhD program. Let's say I really want to get into like NYU. I really want to get into an NYU PhD program. Maybe that was not the best example for Columbia students, but it's fine. (laughs) I'm choosing NYU. It's like huge animals. Um, um, Nobody's going to listen to this. Exactly. But I really wanted to get into this NYU PhD program. And God is also like, it's not my idea is not bad but if i'm saying that i need to get all a's now so that i can get into that phd program later that's saying that i do not believe that god is sovereign enough or powerful enough Mm -hmm. that he can get me in despite my bad grades and that's a blatant lie right god is the creator of the universe if he has a plan for like for me that has been set out before the very foundations of the earth my bad grade in one class or even all of my classes mm-hmm. is not going to stop him from fulfilling the like the plan that he has for my life. And that's one aspect. The second aspect is, which is probably the one that I maybe fall a little bit more into, which is not desiring that which God desires for me, which is especially hard because I don't really know what God desires for me. Yeah, it is kind of hard. <laughs> so it's just like shooting in the dark. Uh, but I think it is very easy for me to like get caught up in what can, what, thing like futures i can conceive of that are like good and i'm like ah yes this is what Mm -hmm. i think will be good for my life and not trusting that once again god is sovereign and that his plan for my life will actually be far superior to whatever plan that i can conceive of right um and so even if i get all b's or even if i get all c's even if i do not pass all of my classes it doesn't matter because god has a plan for my life Mm -hmm. and He's going to be able to use me no matter how poorly I do or however well I do. Right. And obviously that's not to say like don't try in your classes. <laughs> I think that's a whole other – like that is right. kind of a separate issue. Yeah, that's like the cheap grace. Exactly. That, no, that exactly is. Yeah. Yeah. You said – oh, you said something about pride. And I want to take that a different direction actually. 
Um, Go for it. And that's kind of the fear of bad grades mm. um, out of a sense of pride and not pride in kind of knowing that or believing that you have the best plan for your life, but actually a sense of pride in your own competence. Yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, hmm. yeah. This is that something. That speaks to me. <laughs> <laughs> this is something that uh, I think uh, God really did a good job teaching me um, in throughout the whole getting into college part of life, which is a really long and stressful part of life. But well, sh- relatively short, hopefully. <laughs> hope you live. Feels long. It feels long. Feels it so feels long. long. We hope everyone lives much longer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Long story short, um, I really wanted to go to a school better than U of M, which was like, was that a lot to ask you for? Probably, you should probably tell know. those. Well, non- I, live in, I live in Michigan. Yeah. I was just going to tell you, you should probably say what to our nice listeners here, what U of M is. <laughs> yeah. University of Michigan. Uh, Ann Arbor, right? Not like the cheap Flint stuff. (laughs) Not that I have anything against (laughs) U of M Flint students. I know probably quite a few, but more than the average person. (laughs) It's true. But part of that was actually, you know, this idea that U of M was like the highest college to people in Michigan that I knew, Mm -hmm. at least the school I went to. And so I was like, well, I'm better than that, obviously. So I deserve, right? It's a matter of dessert. It's like, I deserve better than you of them. And uh, all college decisions came out and I I was either denied or waitlisted to every single one. And it was like devastating. Yeah. And um, finally, uh, Columbia decided I was actually like worth something, I guess. So (laughs) they brought me on board. And it was at that moment that I realized, you know, it was never any of my academic achievement. It was never my uh, my competent ability to fill out the common app. Mm-hmm. It was completely God's work pulling my name along that whole process. Like he knew before I even submitted my common app to Columbia University that I would go through that whole process. And at the end of the day, it would turn out good, um, but it would bring me closer to a sense of humility in my, my academics. Unfortunately, maybe fortunately, I suppose it's fortunately for most people, uh, most students do not get into Columbia that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, there's... A, just waitlist everyone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there is more of a challenge um, without kind of a, a soapy story about how you got into the university to actually build up that humility in your, your academic ability. Um, but when you look at it with a sense of pride, um, it's very easy to fear bad grades. I also feel like that comes, I think I probably come at it from the opposite, not complete opposite. It's still rooted in pride, I think, but in the sense of not thinking I deserve better, but thinking I don't deserve it. Mm. Um, since like my high school was really competitive. And so I was kind of trained there in the sense that there was always someone smarter than me in mm-hmm. every class. And so because I started that school so young, like in seventh grade, I basically learned from seventh grade onward that like that I was never going to be the smartest kid in the room. Mm. And I think there is some value in that. Like I learned, I, I mean, I learned to be humble about like, 
Right. I mean, I am very humble. No, but I did like, I did learn that like, I wasn't always going to be the smartest and that was okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there was that element that I think I appreciate. But one of the things that I've discovered more recently is that now I have a really hard time thinking that I can do well in things or that like I can do better than others. And I think this probably speaks like, I think there are a substantial number of students who like have imposter syndrome or something Mm -hmm. similar. Um, and I feel, I still think this is rooted in pride. Um, it's not, maybe not quite as obvious as something like thinking you deserve to do well. Mm-hmm. But I think even this idea of I need to, like, okay, mine at least manifests itself in the way of like, I need to work really, really hard to like show people that I am like worthwhile in mm. this way or that way. And so I need to prove that like, I'm just as smart as my friends because I'm able to get A's in all these classes, like in these really hard classes. Mm-hmm. And so there's idea that like because I'm coming into every class with the expectation that there's always going to be someone smarter than me and a little bit of like unhealthy, I am never going to be smart enough, that I feel like I have to overcompensate mm-hmm. and be like, oh, I'm never going to be smart enough. So I'm going to like, I have to work harder and be better than as many other people as I can to like show that I still deserve to be here or that like I can be Mm -hmm. smart in my own little bubble. Yeah. It's certainly still pride um, in the sense that uh, it's almost, it's competitive Mm -hmm. Um, that uh, viewing yourself, your, your self value as dependent on other people's performance. Which I think speaks to, we were literally having a conversation before we started recording about curves and how I really detest curves. Mm -hmm. Because basically what they're doing is making you compete against every other student in the class where all of a sudden it's not about, ah, everyone could get, like everyone could get an A if everyone is like actually getting... 95s on all of the quizzes Mm -hmm. it's like no all of a sudden if you get a 95 but like everyone else gets a 95 or let's say like yeah you get a 93 but everyone else got a 95 but it's curved down to a b plus so now all of a sudden and this is theoretical but like now all of a sudden you are no longer competing again like you're no longer kind of trying to live up to a standard of excellence that's Mm -hmm uniform to a certain extent but now it's like oh i don't have to write no i guess maybe like i don't have to do a a love like an a worthy p set all of a sudden i have to do a p set that is better than like the majority of people in the class yeah which we were ranting about i was ranting about actually i was ranting (laughs) i've taken one piece i'm taking probably one of maybe two p set classes that i'll have to take very different <laughs> humanities so oh. good so good that's uh that's another topic the the topic of uh pre-professional training versus mm-hmm. classics uh, i have a clear stance on that i imagine most people would disagree with that but <sighs> alas alas most people potentially also being the other person sitting across from you <laughs> unacceptable <laughs> throw that one out there <laughs> hmm Maybe that's worth having a, a we debate should, about. We should have a, a lovely conversation. Mm. <clears throat> All this to say, it's really hard to serve God in school. Yeah. Well, I mean, in the same same way, it's really hard to serve God in your life in general. 
Because uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. It's never easy. It's what we're learning here yes. today. Yes. You know, we've got to carry our crosses. Um, and I, I think the reason why it is difficult, it's it's us, right? It's completely mm-hmm. our nature um, to just be like counter to God, uh, to just like not want to do right. what God wants, but to do what we want. And that's why pride, I think, has taken such a prominent role in our discussion today is because we really do typically think of academics as a means to our own ends, mm-hmm. um, yeah. whether that's pleasure, if you enjoy it, or a stable career, if you don't, yeah. or both. Um, it's, it's, it's saying, you know, my will be done. And not God's will be done. Thy will, if you will. <laughs> so what does that mean for us now? What are you going to be doing this week? Uh, what am I going to be doing differently? You yeah. Mean? Uh, I think the, the conscious act of saying, you know, especially with exams coming up, but maybe we'll talk about that next week, is saying, um, you know, God, in prayer, probably, you know, um, God, you know, I really want to do well, right? Always, it's good to express your desire, but, you know, like Jesus in the garden, you know, if this cup can pass, um, you know, I really want to do well, but, uh, if that's not what your will is, then, uh, thy will be done. Yeah. Um, and I think it's re- really probably for me the most important thing you can do is just affirm that out loud so that you can hear it and actually like agree with the things you're saying. That's the first step. After that, it's a matter of um, actually practicing what you're now praying. And you now that's a little harder, but the conscious mindset I think is still important when you're first beginning. To, const- to to approach, you know, every P-set, every mm-hmm. essay, every paragraph of every essay, because sometimes each paragraph is a new challenge. Um, even every problem on the P-set. So just remind yourself, you know, it's, it's not... For God the glory. Right. And uh, if you do well, then thank God. And if you don't do well, then thank God. Yeah. That's hard. I think I think one of the things I have to work on the most, or really I need God to work in me mm-hmm. most. That's another good point. Is kind of the constant reminder that it's God who's in charge. Mm-hmm. Because I think it's very easy for me, especially with so many actual exams coming up, um, or like timed exams coming up, to worry and fret about the knowledge I don't have. And so I think I need to be more conscious in the reminder that God's in control. Mm. He has a plan. It's okay that like I might mess up on a problem. It's not the end of the world. Or two. Or two. Or all or of them. all of them. Like it's okay. It's sad. I'm allowed to be sad about it. Yes. But it's also okay. And the continual reminder when I start feeling stressed that God's there. Mm. Um, 
and taking it like one step at a time is probably what I will be working on. And in the continual reminder, I think the key for me at least would be actually reading God's word. Yeah. Um, I say that a bit as a confession <laughs> that I like, I realized today that I like hadn't read it in over like a week and a half. And I was like, what has happened? Mm. Like I read it in Bible course and I read it like a few other times, but not for myself. It was always like through something. Right. And, oh, it was like, no wonder why I've been feeling all out of sorts. I haven't yeah. talked to like the mm-hmm. creator of the universe in so long. And actually listen to what he had to say Mm -hmm. it's like no wonder why i feel like i'm like anyway feelings lie that's a whole other thing that's like side it's not just like i can be totally talking to god all the time and still feel awful but in this particular case it was me realizing that like (laughs) definitely not going to help me if i don't talk to god no i that that is good uh spiritual disciplines and in general just like caring to have a good relationship with god yeah, uh, I want to be best friends with him. It's never going to happen. I know is, it. Even, mm. I, I'm never going to reach best friend status, but I'd like to be called, like to be my friend. That can happen. Mostly because of him. And actually yes. all because <laughs> of him. But Yeah. So that's probably the broadest answer we can give. And Be friends with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, um, well, let's see. given that it is... 10 o'clock even the end of today (laughs) we did not actually talk too much what i was thinking we would at the beginning you're welcome but i think we've talked more about what people need to hear a little bit more specific and a little bit less theory like yeah yeah much more pragmatic but not like pragmatic in terms of like like uh this is like how to benefit society uh pragmatic in the sense of like this is how christians should view the academy not plato's academy but academia or academics the academy that gives out that's that's true the academy awards (laughs) but no so that's what we've got for this week and two hours from now this episode will be (laughs) uploaded and released so Uh, please pray for me over the next two hours as i edit the audio and upload it please be with tim in jesus name amen Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And, um, yeah, so thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, if you want to stay up to date with us, we have many places you can follow us. I as think we always. even have a Twitter now. Yeah. Um, Actually, we have a YouTube as well. We have a YouTube? Yes. What? I've been uploading the audio to YouTube as that well. That is new to me. Um, clearly, Tim does a lot more than I do for the podcast, in case anyone was wondering. Um, yeah, so we have our, what, we have our Facebook and mm-hmm. our Instagram, which are both the Good Fight Pod. Yeah. And then we have our Twitter, which is at Good Fight Pod. Mm-hmm. And then we have our email, which is witnessthegoodfight at gmail.com. Yeah. And we have our YouTube channel, which is called? Uh, it's just our, the same thing, you know, The, the Good, Good Fight. Fight, where cameras meets Christ. Oh. It's like generic. It's probably the easiest. Yeah. That's, so yes, you know it's only like what we're called. Oh wait, really? So reach out to us on any of the above platforms. Yes. Send us an email. DM Re- us. Talk to us. Anything. Yeah. We'd love to chat with you. And we're kind to people. <laughs> right. We, lo- we love chatting with you <laughs> so much that we come back every week, and uh, we'll come back next week, mm-hmm. and then we'll come back 
for talk about exams yes Whoa. next week we're we're talking about exams the week after that will be christmas eve already no way jose yeah wait no 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 it'll be the day before christmas eve right uh no the thursday will be christmas eve oh wednesday yeah 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 no no no. that's what i'm saying it'll be the day before christmas eve oh wait thursday thursday yeah. I don't know, i'm thinking wednesday because we never record this close to when we release no, we don't. okay yeah, yeah you're right christmas eve and so we'll have a nice christmas eve episode christmas eve special to wrap up the semester mm-hmm. and then we'll take a few weeks break and uh we'll come back in january or f- early february sometime we haven't actually discussed when we'll start up next semester but uh in the meantime uh continue to listen continue yes, to uh like our content mm-hmm. on social media share it put it on your story right we have some nice instagram posts now yeah yes thank you faven and um yeah if you know people who could benefit from hearing about god in this setting in this kind of uh college setting where we're just like talking to a microphone that stands in for people who are then listening (laughs) uh like feel free to send this their way i think that could be the first step especially if they're not christian first step towards having a relationship with god and if they are christian you know first steps we want to be your friend yeah (laughs) (laughs) even at a distance first steps towards a healthier relationship with god so Anything you want to do? Adios. Oh, my bad. Adios. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I thought you were like, I thought that was mid-sentence. It's fine. How, yes. how was that mid-sentence? It sounded mid-sentence. Well, all of that to say. Goodbye, folks. See you next week. <laughs>